Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my dear listeners. This is Saiba Tumansare, and I'm bringing my journey to the AYB network from Sierra Leone to the United States White House and back. My journey has been filled with ups and downs, and I want to share that story with each of you every Sunday at 10 in the morning. Guests from across Sierra Leone and around the world will join us to keep us all motivated and informed on all things youth and women empowerment, global health, faith, and of course, our beloved Mother Africa. This is the Saibatu Mansari Journey. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Saibatu Mansari Journey right here on Africa Young Voices Radio. I'm your host, Saibatu Mansari, and as always, the journey never stops, and we do not take breaks. Today, the man joining us on this journey is one who has established himself in our nation and abroad as one who is a passionate advocate activist for human rights, and he is well-versed on our nation's justice system. He is a man I was privileged to share a panel with and was beyond impressed with his passion and sense of unacceptable narrative that we have accepted as a nation. While he wears many hats, today we'll narrow our discussion to governance and justice. So with that, let me introduce our guest. Our guest today was born and raised at Thunder Hill in the East End part of Freetown, where he attended the St. Michael Primary School and the Methodist Boys High School. He furthered his academic surgeon at Furbay College, University of Sierra Leone, where he graduated with a law degree. He is a leading lawyer, constitutional expert, and good governance enthusiast. He graduated top of class from the Sierra Leone Law School in 2009 and has been in legal practice for almost 12 years. He has offered ranging legal and consultancy services to top corporate commercial entities, national and international human rights, and charitable institutions, and highly distinguished individuals. He has litigated a few international commercial arbitrations before the London Court of International Arbitration and the International Chamber of Commerce Arbitration Court. Probably not saying that arbitration part right, but that's okay. Augustine was appointed by the president of Sierra Leone as one of a seven-member team to craft the national anti-corruption policy strategy for 2019 to 2023. He was a key member of the Sierra Leone Bar Association's steering committee for the drafting of the cybercrime law of Sierra Leone. Our guest for today also sits on the Pharmacy Board of Sierra Leone, the board in charge of the pharmacy profession and pharmaceutical trade in Sierra Leone, and is involved in his capacity as chairman of the Disciplinary Committee of the Pharmacy Board in the review of the Pharmacy and Drug Acts 2001. Augustine served as Secretary of the Regulatory Board for Lawyers in Sierra Leone, General Legal Counsel, and his Disciplinary Committee for two consecutive years. He is a member of the Sierra Leone Bar Association, the International Bar Association, and the Commonwealth Lawyers Association. He currently runs his own law firm in Sierra Leone, Maga and Associates. Mr. Augustine Suri Sengbe Maga, full name. He goes by his full name. He loves his name. Please welcome to the Sabato Mansare journey. Thank you, Sabatou. I'm, I'm most excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, all, all of that that I just read, it's like the show is over. We don't oh, have yes. anything to say. That, that's the man right there that's going to grace our, our platform today. And we really, really appreciate you being here. I know that you have so many things going on and we really appreciate you being here. So because we have a lot to talk about, we're just going to dive right in. So ready to get started. Now, I just read a whole bunch of stuff that makes me almost intimidated, right? So I want to narrow that that I just read into three words, right? So in three words, who is Augustine Suri Sengbe Maga? Your name is actually more words than what I'm asking you to describe yourself. Absolutely. I think it was most difficult for me to come up with three words to describe mm-hmm. myself. Um, but to keep it short, I think I'll start from a basic humanity. First, okay. first of all, I'm a human being. Okay. I think oftentimes we overlook the fact that we're human beings yes. in terms of the way we interact with mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. Um, so I like to see myself first as a human being, okay. then as a lawyer, and then thirdly as a patriot. Oh, as a patriot. I like it. Yes. I like. We're all about patriotism here, yes, so I like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Okay, that's that's very good. Um, human being. I think we 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 just. We just, we just, you just know it, right? It's like, it's, it's, like, it's, like, taking, it's like taking breath, right? Yes. You take, you take breath. You just oh, yes. assume that you're oh, supposed yes, to have yes. a breath. No, no, you're not. It's yes. not yes. to you. I, I can be a lawyer 
you know, if, if, if I'm you're not, not a human being, being yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Good point. I haven't, I, you know, I have to learn these things. There's this intros about describing yourself. All That's the guests that come on, I I, I, I I, try to take from what you guys all say and say that yes. one day I'll have like the best. Like, who is about to say, oh, let me start. I am Mina Motalman. Yes, Let's start I'm there. I'm a Yeah, exactly. Yes. So you've been practicing law, uh, law for almost 12 years now. Tell us about your experience so far uh, because you're one of our outspoken and patriotic lawyers, right? Tell us about your experience. I mean, 12 years, um, and you're still standing strong, right? To the point that you have your own practice now. You're not working for anybody. You're working for yourself. So tell us about your experience. Uh, well, I don't know about strong. I'm still standing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stand. If you have something that says Mara and Associates, anything that has your name in it, that's strong. Oh, yes. Well, well thank God. Yes, um, yes. But to be honest with you, it's quite difficult to summarize 12 years um, in few sentences mm -hmm. or paragraphs. Uh, but I like to think that, firstly, I am in a profession that I have so much passion for. Yes. Um, you know, I usually tell folks that back in the day when I was in um, high school, secondary school, mm -hmm. my um, sciences were pretty good. So everybody nice. thought I should be um, a medical doctor and whatever, mm -hmm. but, you know, uh, I always wanted to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And so... It's been quite an arduous journey, yes. to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, practicing law in Sierra Leone is not, it's not the most pleasant, mm -hmm. to put it mildly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're up against many things, but yeah. um, um, thank God that I've been able to practice consistently on broken years um, for good. 12 years. Oh, sure. um, and um, I mean, there's been so much that personally I have achieved in terms of career growth. Okay. But also there's been so much that I've pushed, um, you know, in terms of making sure that we have a required legal landscape. Okay. Um, it's not been, like I said, pleasant because you're up against um, almost institu institutionalized um, mm -hmm. corruption, mm -hmm. um, decadence that has, you know, pretty much become the order of the day. Yes, yeah. Um, so once you... Once you're walking contrary to almost so that, the dictates yeah. of the day, yeah, yeah. it's often difficult. Yeah. And um, some folks will you think that you're outlet. crazy. Yeah, yeah, you become the, you're yeah, outcast. You're the outcast, yes. yeah, yeah, you, exactly. You're not. So, yeah. so it's quite difficult because normally, I mean, you know, lawyers are often known for people who are only interested in making money. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, no, I'm not gonna lawyer party because I mean, five minutes in a conversation, the bill they want to bill it gets you oh, yes. say, eh, I should I be know, a lawyer. but I, I tell you what, I always tell folks that, um, you know, um, and you know, most people don't know that, you know, they say, oh, the human rights lawyer, etc., etc., which is fine, it's a nomenclature that I absolutely love, mm -hmm. but I do a lot of, lot of corporate law, yeah, um, constitutional law. Okay. And and I always tell folks, but why are you interested? Because you're doing commercial law where yeah. the money is, corporate law yeah. where the money is. Yeah. I said, because if I if I don't pay attention to human rights, yeah. um, in a way you undermine the interests of your clients because yeah. you want them to have an environment where rights are protected, yeah. where um the the um, people's interests are promoted. Mm -hmm. yeah. Once you lose sight of that fact mm -hmm. and you don't stand up for things that would promote business interest, then your client's interest will ev eventually yeah. be um, yeah. affected. Yes, and definitely. once they're affected, it means less money for you. Yes, yes, right? So there's a whole concept in human rights that they call business and human rights. That okay. every business should have a human rights component because oh. you don't want to function in an environment where there is um, abuse of human rights is rife. Yeah. In a way, it undermines your business. Yeah. So it's very, very, diff very important, significant for me yes. to also be interested in governance and human rights yes. because in a way that would create security yes. for my clients and definitely. security for my own business yes. as, as a law no, firm. Definitely. So it's significant um, to note that in all these three years, um, 12 years, <laughs> you know, I've been really, really interested, not just in litigating, the disputes of my clients, et cetera, et cetera, but also making sure that I stand up for human mm -hmm. rights yeah. and I push good governance because yeah. it's only the, it's only when we have a good governance environment yes. that we can have a thriving business yes. climate. Yes, yeah. And once we don't have a thriving business climate, unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, not only my client's interests will be affected, inevitably mine would also be affected. Yes, yeah. Now, like, and and we, the lay people that go to lawyers, we trust that. It's like when you go to the doctor, Correct. right? 
I trust that you're going to take care of every. You have figured out every single thing. You've thought about it. It's no longer my problem. You just need to treat me right. If I come to you with my problem, it's on you to have the the smart, the savviness on all these other things. Because as people that, and not that I run a business, but people that run business, I'm sure they're not thinking about the human right. They're not thinking of that. They're just thinking of how do I protect my money, but not knowing that to protect your money, there's a human rights aspect to that as well. That that's why you're paying me to do that for you. So I like so, how you. Let me just it. share something. I mean, um, it's good that you um, raised that because you have. I have some. Mm-hmm. Some clients who were who, who thought that because they had some business dealings with government, they mm-hmm. don't want their interests to be jeopardized. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So they thought, oh no, we think that we our business interest is not protected because you flag these issues. Yes. So some of them left because yes. they tell, oh, 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 because you're standing up challenging so, government. So, some people don't like oh, the yes. truth though. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, so, yes. But others who 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 see the bigger picture, yes. they stay. Yes. And and, yes. and and that's that that's what we want. Okay. Those are the people because the moment I, when I hire you again, I'm invest. I'm putting my trust in you that whatever you're telling me to do okay. is in my best and not yours, right? Okay. It's in my best interest. So if you say jump, I mean, I'll probably go put on my padded outfit first before it's I jump. Yeah. But, right. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I'm sorry. You sure? You sure? But but I'm going to do it because oh, yes. I trusted you, and because your track record has demonstrated that I can trust you. And those people that that don't trust that. You almost makes you wonder why. Why do you not trust the right way to do things, right? And I know sometimes we, we're so worried about the government's response, and we yeah. want this contract, we want this deal with the government. And so I need to go. I'm not going to go work with somebody that's going to be a hindrance to that. But not knowing that in the long run, it probably, I'm sure, if you looked at the math on all these people that right. kind of went, because they were they profit driven. It's yes, only profit. profit. Yes, yeah. they were not looking at the bigger picture. Yes, definitely. And for folks who look beyond profit, yes. they think that you need the climate yeah. to have a sustained profit over time. Yes. But folks who only look at the narrow, yeah. uh, short term. Gains, they yeah. always think, oh, don't anger government yes. so that we don't lose our contract yes. and our business dealings with yes, government. Yes. But for some folks, it's a, looking at it from a broader picture yes. and a more sustainable. sustainable. Yeah, yes. yeah. And then they picked they picked the wrong lawyer when they thought about. And that's not, let's not let's worry about short term, right? Because <laughs> oh, yes. that's not what you're into. Absolutely. I want you to tell us one highlight mm-hmm. and one challenge as a lawyer that you've gone through. Because there are people watching now. They're young kids. They're you know, and and one that not that. I'm sure he's going to do just just fine. But one, you know, Ansumana Kate's a very, very, I don't know if you know, very oh, bright yes, youth, right? Who's in, in uh, the law department, law yeah. department is probably not the right word to use at FBC, but is in the law business in, in FBC going to school. And for people like him and many others who are probably trying to figure out, I don't know this, I'm just speaking for Ansumana, people that are probably not sure what type of law they want to get into um, and, and the value of it. So, Tell us the the positives, the highlight, right? Not positive, the highlight you've had and one challenge that you've had. So as they're in school, they're already prepping their minds because you're not the first person that would have, have had that highlight or that challenge, right? You're one of many other lawyers probably here that have had it. You just probably didn't quit. Others just say, ah, this first challenge you want me to me, I don't ask me, I'm going to go do another oh, yes. type oh, of law. So give me one highlight of, of being a lawyer for the last 12 years. I, I think for me, the highlights would be, uh, and I think I would, I'd want to, reference a case that I did. Um, which, can't talk to me case now. Nah, nah, yes. I, I don't I don't get any case. Uh, you know, which which would um you know also serve as both an highlight mm-hmm. and um the the flip side is the less welcoming aspect of it. Okay. Um so we did a case in, in the Supreme Court. Um that case had to do with the legal profession. Mm-hmm. And and for the last 12 years, uh you know, without sounding boastful. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm one of very few lawyers who, who have consistently contributed to the legal profession. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I served at some point as the secretary for the General Legal Council. Mm-hmm. General Legal Council is the highest council in the legal profession. Okay. They admit lawyers from okay. law school. Okay. They regulate lawyers. They give up practicing certificates. Okay. You know, I, you know, I served um, that council as their secretary when you know I just I just. Um, few years into my mm-hmm. um, legal career for, for five years. Uh-huh. And then I also served as secretary for the disciplinary committee for lawyers. Yeah. It's a committee that disciplines pretty much every every lawyer until. Yeah. You know, I was very young, but I, you know, served but That's as a smart, volu- volunteerish kind of role, but it was better because it prepared you for what you are today. Yes, and yes. most people, not to cut you because I still want you to put your point, but most people don't look at it that way. That sometimes 
You just have to take some of these positions, these roles, because it's going to make you a better whatever it is that you're going to be in life. Some of us, we just want to grow up no more tomorrow, and we're in charge of everything. Oh, yes. We get Marianne Associates, oh, right? Yes. Oh, we don't want to work towards Marianne Associates. Oh, yes. We just want to wake up and yes. be there. So, so, so those, those are the first seven years of my, my legal career was pretty much dedicated to building yeah. and assisting and contributing mm. towards the goals of the legal profession. Mm. And um, in those years, um, most folks, I mean, I was I was a little unknown, you know, because mm. my work was essentially behind the scenes, making sure mm. that I assisted mm. senior practitioners who trusted me by then. Mm. And so when we did this case, was were essentially, uh, when we approached the Supreme Court, it was to have some answers mm. to some puzzling questions that we mm. that we had by then. Mm. Um, you know, I I took the matter to the High Court. It was later taken to the Supreme Court mm. in terms of um, the elig eligibility mm -hmm. to practice law and when does counting as a lawyer mm. um, start. Mm. Um, for me, I think it was significant mm. um, as an highlight for my uh, for my career mm. because I, you know, I could could mention a number of cases that I won that I made so much money, but that's mm. not highlight. Mm. The highlight is also the highlight for me mm. is the contribution yes. and the impact that yeah. you that you get from yeah. from. Yeah. Um, um, from the litigation to yes. others, yes, yes, right. Although that kid case did not end up in my favor. Mm -hmm. um, the Supreme Court's decision pretty much was, um, you know, took a view separate from what I had. Yeah. Um, for me, it was not a loss. Yes. It was, it was, um, it was an issue that um, had, um, you know, been long around the legal profession for so long, mm -hmm. and it was courageous on my part to have approached the Supreme the yeah. Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And in their 95, 97-page judgment, they um, pretty much um, took a view separate from mine, which is fine. Yeah. But also for me, it shed a lot of light yeah. on, on the legal profession. Yeah. It shed a lot of light on... Um, practice mm -hmm. that has evolved over time okay. and also the downside to that was that um, you know um, a day or two after that judgment mm -hmm. and and by the way um, it's okay to to be dissatis dissatisfied with any judgment anywhere mm -hmm. in the world mm -hmm. um you know the supreme court took a dif different view when i you know wrote on social media my dis this um dissatisfaction, the judgment, mm -hmm. and then I was cited for contempt. Mm -hmm. um, yes, um, there was a warrant of arrest for me. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> eventually, um, you know, I showed up before the Supreme Court. Did they, did they have money out for you? Because that's always a driving force of where, how quick you're going to uh, come out of that. Yes, yes. <laughs> there was no ransom. There's no ransom. Oh, no. <laughs> but eventually, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite um, pathetically, yes. I was convicted for Con really? Yes, contempt. Of really? Yes. Um, so yes. So I, I always um, um, you know, would mention to folks that there's a price to pay yes. if you want to stand up for certain things. That's, in life. That is very true. You and risk um, yeah. you risk arrest. You risk um, incarceration. Yeah. You also risk criminal record. Yes. By the way, Martin Luther King had criminal record. Definitely. Mandela had criminal yes. record. So, yes. oftentimes, if you are really, really poised. To change, yes. Do not be afraid of criminal record Definitely. and um, um, incarcerations. I mean, and that's 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 where you know when we use the word here in Sierra Leone, and I'm not sure if how many people are committed to the word activism, right? Because activism, people are willing to give their lives, right, for act for something I believe in. I will die for that okay. thing I believe in. So when you're talking about incarceration arrest. That's like small fry when Correct. someone is willing to, to give their life. People will stand in front of a car because yeah. they have a... In America, we we had a... Uh, we were going to... Sidetrack you on a story. We were going to uh, an embassy and, and the, the, the Taiwanese were, were um, protesting, right? In the States, they call it more protest, but they're protesting. And and Vice President Biden was heading to uh, State Department, not embassy, heading to State Department. And this woman was willing to die. She laid down in the middle of the street, right? As Now, the limousines are pretty heavy. Have you ever yeah. seen them on TV, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> and this lady is like, my, you know, Taiwanese people, they're not that oh, like yeah. big, right? And this lady laid down in the street. She was willing to be ran over because she believed in that cause. And he was a person in her mind that would make a difference for that cause. And I'm sitting in the car and I start to second guess myself. Is there a thing that I would lay on this? 
maybe this activism thing, maybe I'm not so as committed as this lady is because she was, a, now obviously they come and they remove her because she was a small lady. They yeah. just picked her up, moved her out the way and we kept moving. But I thought, when you say you're an activist, you are willing to give up everything because you absolutely believe in that cause. You are willing, because you knew when you were writing on social media, what the consequences possibly could be. And you I, were I, saying, was, I was almost an inch away from losing my license yeah. to practice. Yes. But you, you believed prepared. in your... your th and prepared. another thing I wanted to say and, is... And, and, and not no. to cut you off. No, no, no. no. And when I, was, uh, when I appeared before the Supreme Court, I could have easily apologized. Yeah. You know, but I stood my ground and I said that I believed in what I wrote mm -hmm. and um, I defended yeah. my my utterances. Yeah. You know, against So what is to be is to be. You know, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, and for me it was that's why I said it was a highlight yes. of my activism because many people it was it was, was a yeah. jam packed court yeah. by then. So many people said just apologize just and move it. on. Just, the yeah. typical salon just big their logo yeah. and yeah. for do a sector et cetera. Exactly. But many people to this day, you know, would say to me that that was the yes. point that we believed yes. in you as an activist. Yes. It was easier for you to say, Definitely. Please, I'm sorry, my lord. Yes, yes. And and and, and they can, you know, perhaps a, a slap on the wrist. Yes, yeah. Than to have stood there and yes. defended your action. Definitely. I and then they were looking at, he's going to be banned from practice. Yes. He's a young man. He's giving away his, yes. his practice in years. I'm sure your parents are like, yes. well, what's going to get you? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. But right. it was that point that I yes. believed in what I said yes. and I stood by it. That is, a, you, yes. you have just went up like a couple of notches because that is absolutely impressive. You're right. We are so easy to give in. But then it makes you question, do you really believe in what you say you believe in? Because if you really believe in it, you will go to the end of the earth for that cause. So very, very impressive. And one thing you have said about this is that when we talk about highlights, people always look for the fun part of the Correct. highlight. Yeah. But your highlight was actually not losing was a highlight because you learned a lot from that, yeah. but it also demonstrated that you were committed to what you said you wanted to do, right? People always, I want to do this, I want to do this, but once they get tested in it, oh, no, no, I don't understand. I'm not, I'm not really interested. I, I wanted to do it, but I'm not that into it, right? So to see you name something that some of us, you know, in the world would say, that's a bad thing, you use that, you turn that into good to be better at what you're doing. Very, very, very impressive. Now, when we talk about challenges, What's a challenge that you have faced? I think, um, I mean, I would, like, I would like to think that um, for, for, me, for me, it's a daily challenge because the, the legal landscape has not been most suitable for, mm -hmm. for litigation, okay. for the people of Leone, for access to justice. Okay. Um, you know, I would always, um, you know, mention to folks that um, even though I'm a lawyer, mm -hmm. I'm proud to be a lawyer, mm -hmm. But it, it's very pathetic to see what the people of Sierra Leone face on a daily basis mm -hmm. when they get to court. Mm -hmm. um, nobody wants anything to do with um, the police, for mm -hmm. example, where usually yeah. criminal action starts. Yeah. They think that once you get to the police, you are almost um, destined to be locked up. Mm -hmm. That's the perception. Not only the perception, that's the conduct. Okay. When, you get, when you get to court, it's like this endless... Um, it's a, this dark alleyway yeah, yeah. that's oftentimes you don't know where to go, where to ask for help, sector, sector. Yes. Um, so it's a challenge because on a daily basis, you're up against artificial roadblocks. Okay. You're up against obstacles. And in a way, it's, um, it's, it's very demotivating. Yes. It's only that you have this you know, endless oil of passion yes. to do what you do. Yes. But it's challenging because um, mm -hmm. access to justice is still a very f um, far cry from, yeah. from what we what we know access to, to justice yeah. to be. Mm -hmm. And so um, um, in a way, on a daily basis, you are, your poise, your passion to mm -hmm. litigate, your yeah. poise to seek legal redress in the courts of Salian mm -hmm. is challenged yeah. by the many um, yeah. um, roadblocks there yes. in terms of um, access to justice. And it's things that you can't you can't control, unfortunately. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's oh, yes. that's that's the second part to oh, it. Yes. Um, and and it it it's creating where we 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 don't have faith, like you said, we don't have confidence and faith in the system, Correct. right? Because of that, and and a lot of you know. I'm more in, in health sort of things, but when you when you talk about you know gender-based violence, that's one of the big things that people talk about. That the delay in whether it's 
bring the perpetrator in, delay in the case, or somehow the we don't know, something just happens and you see the guy just walking, you know, like people have no confidence that it's preventing them to even speak up, speak up on it. Right. So we are shooting ourselves in the foot by, you know, not to be military and deathly, okay. but, but we're shooting ourselves in the foot when we, you know, this conversation is very, very, uh, it's, it's opened my eyes to how important this also, we talk about health. I, I focus a lot on health. You so saw access oh, to yes, healthcare yes. is a problem, right? Oh, yeah. But I focus on that, but how this also creates so much of a vicious cycle of badness is the only way I can come up with, okay. right? It does, yeah. right? I mean, I, mean uh, I just wanted to mention, when you mentioned um, um, sexual and gender-based violence, mm -hmm. um, that, I mean, you would hear of a number of very good policies, very good laws, mm -hmm. but I tell you what the infrastructure mm -hmm. is lacking. Yes. You know, I had a case, I don't usually do um, gender-based violence um, matters really, because I, I think that my passion is usually good governance, human okay. rights, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. And I did human rights at you know, master's level, yeah. so I have a pretty good um, yeah. knowledge and experience in gender-based violence matters. But I, in terms of litigation, I stick to yeah. good governance, yeah. constitutionalism, and human rights. Okay. So I had this client who came up, you know, she came up to me. gender-based violence is, is a human rights, one of the biggest oh, human rights violations, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, you, know, you? I, you know, you know, like, <laughs> I, I would... Um, you know, I, I I like to confine myself to, to where I'm most comfortable. No, I, I agree. And, I agree. and leave the other expert to do other aspects I of human agree. rights. Definitely. Not to diminish any, yes. um, you know, sphere sure. of human no, rights. No, no, definitely. Absolutely. I understand it. So she yeah. came up to me and, um, you know, our life was in danger. We drove straight to um, FSU at CID. Mm -hmm. um, you stood there. There was no, there was no yeah. sitting yeah. in a place yeah. for for my clients, yeah. were then transferred to another police station. Um, I mean, just the yeah. just the environment mm -hmm. wasn't conducive for somebody whose life was in danger. Yes. Um, you know, I sat there, we sat on a wooden stool, yeah. and then I tweeted yeah. about how we have the most fantastic policy mm -hmm. in terms of gender-based violence, yes. but how in terms of infrastructure, yeah. there's a far cry from the policy the, and the infrastructure yes, that we have. And I yeah. always think that we, we complain about gender-based violence, the, the increase in society. This is because we don't have a readily available redress mechanism because mm -hmm. that's how, for example, social menaces get diminished because mm -hmm. once people know that if, you, if you're violent towards a woman, yeah. you'll be arrested right mm -hmm. there and then you'll be prosecuted mm -hmm. and then you would serve a jail time. Yes. Once they're aware of that, that social menace yes. would shrink. Yes. But they know that once you lay a finger on a woman, once yeah. you are abusive towards a woman, it would eventually come, you know, yeah. to at some point, law bigger, lebia, go put money, go money, money. Et yeah, et yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. you know, the policies, the laws would yeah. be there most fantastic. They are yes. well written, mm -hmm. but then the attitude and conduct hasn't changed. Yes. And it's unless, uh, until we get the legal structures, yes. the legal landscape mm -hmm. that is readily available to ensure that mm -hmm. there is prompt, prompt yes. redress yes. given to women yes. would continue in this cycle of um, Definitely. Um, sexual and gender-based yes, violence. Yes, it is very, very unfortunate. And, and, you know, it's like we did policies to check off the block Cut, for, for right? <laughs> that we did policies, but it doesn't mean that it translates to, uh, you know, good citizenship or, or, you know, making the people feel right. like they can, they can do. Um, and you, you brought up a good point that, you know, knowing the fear of knowing that something will happen if I do X, right? It's like putting your hand on the stove, right? Oh, yes. You know your finger's going to get burned, so yes, you don't do it, you right? Wouldn't. You do it one time, oh, yes. and the one time you get burned, you would never, never do that do again, right? Yeah. Or some of us just say, I, I saw it happen to somebody else, I'm yeah. not going to touch that. Because in America, a lot of people, you know, especially our um, uh, brothers and sisters there, meaning Sierra Leoneans or Africans that are there, are very, very terrified of, of a woman calling the police on domestic violence because America does not, be, not saying that gender-based violence is not happening, sexual-based uh, sexual, uh, violence is not happening. I'm not saying that. But the society, the mentality, the mindset, people are doing it knowing I'm going to get in trouble and I'm going to get caught. It, 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 today, tomorrow, I'm going to get caught and I'm not going to get away scot-free compared to the state in Sierra Leone where 
I'm probably going to get caught, but I'm no say I'm going to work my way out Correct. of it, right? Absolutely. Very, very huge difference. Uh, I mean, sir, America, quick post, say, oh, no, 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 okay, 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 stop, I'm done, I'm done. Okay. They will leave the house. Absolutely. People come up with coping mechanisms. But again, I'm not saying it's not happening, but we have a different approach to it mm-hmm. when we're outside of our country, which is a shame, Correct. right? So we're ready to uphold what's happening in another country, right? Their law, because they have the system, the infrastructure yes. to do it. But yet in our own country, we just we don't, we don't care. Attitude. We have different yeah. attitude towards it Absolutely. because the people on the other end also have a different attitude towards it, right? Um, you're a lawyer that is, uh, we can talk about this all day. We only did five questions, Theo. We got like 10 people. All right, you're a lawyer that is so passionate about good governance in Sierra Leone. What is the drive behind that? Where did that come? Because you specifically said these are the things. I mean, I can do these other things, right? But that's not what I'm interested. When someone's passionate about something, normally there's a reason for it other than the fact that I just want to do this, right? Because you were good in sciences, which is very strange. I was not good in the arts, so I didn't go into art stuff, right? Which is why this conversation is like going how it's going, right? But for you to be good in the sciences, but yet you're able, it says that you're, you're pretty bright, that you're able to go over into the arts is impressive. You didn't go that route. So and then when you get over into the art section, you say, I want to focus on these specific things. Why those things? Why, why good governance? Because I introduced myself as a human being, since humanity first. Since humanity, yes, yes. yes. Um, I'll talk back to that. I like it. And, and I think that oftentimes, you know, I'm not, not trying to cast aspersions on anyone, mm-hmm. but oftentimes, you know, um, leadership, they look at the people as um, some non-assets, mm-hmm. right? And and I think my drive is mm-hmm. is particularly because at the end of the day, we all have a shared humanity. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if there's a bad governance, uh, it affects everyone. Mm-hmm. We're all affected. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us who are in the elite um, stratum of society mm-hmm. would would eventually walk away. You know, have a livelihood, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. But we we are we're not as affected by bad governance as yes. the folks who Definitely. who occupy the lower rungs yes. of society. Yes. Right. But then if you look at them as human beings as you are, yes. you'll also be interested in bad governance affecting them. Yes. I can afford calling a, a water bowser to yeah. supply me water. Definitely. Some of them can't. You know, I grew up very poor, so yes. I understand these things. Definitely. And so yeah. I cannot lose that humanity. That's Definitely. why I'm pushing mm-hmm. that, um, you know, the same the same appetites that I have for success, yes. that I the same drive, the same um, aspirations I have, mm-hmm. folks down there too, right. they do have those aspirations. Yes, yes. And, and, and so I want a society where we would all create a level playing field for every um, man of persons yes. to have a fair shot at life. Definitely. And I think that's significant because, um, you know, I, you know, I shared with my friends the other day that if you live in a wealthy um, neighborhood, etc., etc., and there's poverty around you, there's no sense of security. Yes. If you don't care about other folks yeah. who, who are challenged by poverty mm-hmm. and who are challenged by, by the lack yes. of social amenities there. Definitely. And I always think that... Um, our deficits in a society, they are not, they are not, um, they are virtually man-made. Yes. And so it's unless we get good governance mm-hmm. that we are able to respond to the various needs yeah. that we have in society. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that other problems don't exist, but once you have good governance, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the US, the UK, France, etc., etc., they have their own fair share of problems. Definitely. But because they have good governance, yes. they are always aspiring to overcome those problems. Yeah, and that is why for us, the minimum should be good governance. Inherent in good governance definitely. is human dignity, to treat your people right, yeah. to respond to them right, yeah. to make sure that if you have resources, you distribute them equally because you see in them that shared humanity. So that is why, you know, every day of my life, I wake up Mm -hmm. and I remember and I'm being reminded of a shared humanity. Yeah, I like it. Yes. Um, You know, we we say um, in Islam that you, uh, you do not have true faith unless you want for your brother what you, what want, you for want for yourself, yourself. right? Yes. And that's just, that's almost like the universal, that's Islam, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu said that, but I'm certain that every human being should want that, right? Yeah. As you're saying, if you live in this 
gigantic ho- uh, house and you're living life large, you should also care about the people down there because, oh, by the way, even if you don't necessarily have love for them, they're a threat to what you have going on to begin with, right? And so what you want for yourself, you want for them and to bring them up. Now, when we had our panel discussion, this is way going off track here. Uh, when we had our panel discussion, good governance, why do you think we do not have good governance? Because there's something that we talked about where we connected on a conversation, right? What's our problem with good governance in general? Not even the questions we said we're going to talk about, oh, but, <laughs> but you're passionate about this. What's our problem? What's our hindrance to good governance? It's leadership. Leadership. Since 1961, mm-hmm. when we got independence, yes. uh, we've, we've yeah. been saddled with um, leadership problems. Yes. Um, and, and, I, yeah. and I think that most folks think that it's a minimalist approach to yeah. a problem to say, oh, it's just a few set of people who sit at state house or parliament mm-hmm. or the courts who are responsible for our wars. Yeah. It's correct there. Because once we elect leaders, mm-hmm. um, they, they have a responsibility to determine our destiny. They have a responsibility to, to shape the vision of mm-hmm. the nation. Yeah. And sadly, since independence to date, mm-hmm. we have not had a group of people, group of men and women mm-hmm. who have been able to provide the sort of leadership that we have. Yes. I'm not trying to say that peop- the people who elect leaders um, do not have any quantum of blame in this. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, you know, I, 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 I always like to talk about um, citizens' action, mm-hmm. right, yeah. rather than blaming citizens. Yes. Because once you once you vote, once you elect leaders, yeah. you kind of like give up some of your rights mm-hmm. to them yes. to be regulated mm-hmm. by leadership, yes. right? And I think that leaders, leadership across the years consistently mm-hmm. have failed to deliver yeah. on that vision that we that we had. Say from 1961 to yes. date, they yeah. have failed to deliver. They have failed to distribute or distribute the wealth that mm-hmm. we have, the natural resources, mm-hmm. and they failed to utilize the resources for the common good. That's yeah. why you would see that few set of people would have amazing wealth. Yeah. And then you have a number of other people yes. who... Who, and that um, gap is, is, is insane. Who grapple yes, on a yeah, daily basis definitely. to eke out a living. Definitely. So, so you'd see that in a way, and, and that's why most people grav- gravitate towards politics yeah. because they know that once you're in politics, once you become a leader, you have an unending access to wealth, to yeah. national wealth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I think that once we, once we have a set of people whom we've given the rights to lead us, mm-hmm. to govern us, mm-hmm. to define our destiny, yeah. those set of people should not come back and blame us. Yes. To say, oh, you the people, you are complicit yes. in the problems that we face. Yes. No. Yeah. And 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 I'd, 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 you know, I always refer to to this um, analogy that if you if you pick out the most untrimmed cell union, mm-hmm. you drop them right down um, at the center of New York or yeah. or DC they get transformed almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Not because, it's not because they were not very good human beings while they live in Salyun. Mm-hmm. It's because they were not very good systems installed by leadership. Yeah. By whom they are regulated. Mm-hmm. And it also has to do significantly with the issue of trust. Yes. When people yes. do yes. not trust their leaders, yes. they tend to be bad citizens. Yes. Once they trust leaders, yes. they tend to be very good citizens. Oh, they, they will think about you. their leaders oh, yeah, yes. before they drop the litter, yes. um, the streets. They think about their leaders yes. that they're giving so much to the nation. Yes. They would not want to derogate from those standards yes. that they have created. Yeah. So leadership should inspire the people and leadership should ensure that there's a buildup of good citizens. Yeah. And, you, you know, that was what you said when we were on the panel. And, and, and you know, what would be, I think, a very good panel discussion someday. And, you know, and I'm, not, I'm not worthy, but I think I have a few <laughs> things I could say. Is one where you're on it, I'm on it, and Hamza Koroma is on it. Because he talks about development a lot. Yes. And I listened to an interview he did as well, where we, we on ours, we talked about the colonial mentality, right? Okay. And it's something that he also talks about. Because okay. you talk about when you when you date your time, okay. it's when we came out of that colonial uh, um, colonialism, okay. but did our mentality come out of that? Okay. We stayed stuck mental, men, mentally yeah. in it, right? Because we even talked about the lawyers still wearing the white oh, yes, flag. Awesome. We stayed in that mentally, but yet we were independent. And I always question, 
countries in Africa, look across the board, how many of us have actually been successful since we gained independence, right? This is, again, no shots at leaders and politics, because I don't even mix my politics. So, but I'm very involved in development issues, right? And I study so much on that. And I, you look at these countries, a lot of countries have not been successful since they gained independence. I am by no means advocate that we need to be in a colonial uh, sort of system, but where the leadership, when we transfer that somewhere in there, you know, in the military, we do like a, uh, you know, we don't call it transfer of power. That's not the word I'm looking for. But we, you know, when you come to replace me, I have to train you on things, even though you come with the skills, yeah. but I kind of show you how it's done here, oh, yes. right? Oh, yes. This is how things mm. are done. This mm. is the, Then when I leave, you add to it. You mm. shouldn't be the one taking away from it. You mm. should build upon what is mm. that. If there's bad things, you take away, take mm. care of those things, right? And it almost seems like there's a gap between that. We just gained independence. And then it was like, all right, go. It's like, you don't. You learn to ride a bike as you are already in the position of having to ride the bike, right? And now not only you ride the bike, you get people that bear you back. Let's say you just want to ride the bike, right? You took passengers with you, and this is the first time you got on a bike, right? So I think it's a very, very good, very good point of why you think we we have uh, not necessarily the best of governance. Um, It's a leadership problem. But again, where did they get the leadership from to to, to do this? Where did that training come from? As a good governance advocate, do you think that women have a role to play in advancing our democracy? I think- uh, And you're I, talking to a woman, just in case you forgot. So, so tailor your answer correctly. I know, absolutely. And a former military Oh, woman. yes, so, yes. Yes, so, so <laughs> if, you, if you say something we're not correct, <laughs> now go ahead. And it, uh, to be honest, I, I think that um, we, we live in a society where we have, we have deliberately excluded um, one of um, my huge assets mm-hmm. in terms of um, nation building and mm-hmm. development. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is because we have patriarchal structures yeah. still fully installed Definitely. in Salyon. Yeah. Um, you see in Rwanda, for example, mm-hmm. the fact that they they, they have um, um, women majority parliament. Yes. You have many um, women in their cabinets. Mm-hmm. You see the transformative leadership that yes. they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, um, for example, you know, you know, um, currently they have the gender empowerment legislation, the bill. Um, and I think that um, what is significant for us as, as people and as a nation is not to, um, to want of a better word, tokenize women's leadership. To say, oh, we have a slot, we have a tatty spot. Yes, yes. Can you send women to fill in yes, this, yes. the spot? Yeah. You know, um, you know, I have I have met amazing women in mm-hmm. Salyun. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know people who know me they, they know that I have um, a, you know preferred. You know, my preference would always be mm-hmm. for a woman in Salyun. Binta Mansaye. She mm-hmm. runs the um, special court for Salyun. Okay, okay. She's the register. She's been there for, for many years. She's kept that court, an international court together. Um, well, so when, sorry, so I don't expect, I don't expect oh yes. right. <laughs> So <laughs> when, when people come back to say, oh, but but we don't, I mean, look at the current cabinets. Yes. There okay. are few women, very few women. Yeah. And when people come back to say, but we're not getting women there for putting them in position. Yeah. I said, no, what you don't have is the enabling environment for women like Seba Tumanzaye yeah. to function in a cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you don't have is an enabling environment for women to function yes. in um, public service. Yes, yeah. Because they know that, for example, to get appointed, there are many roadblocks. Yes. There are many things that you want women to compromise on. Yes. Right. So once those are clear, once yes. those are non-existent, yes. more women will be willing to yes, come forward definitely. because they know that all oh, um, women's voices are not heard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's very difficult for them to, to, to negotiate um, women's growth, yes. you know, in, in terms of policy growth um, and policy actions, et cetera, et cetera. Once that is lacking, you have fewer women mm-hmm. who come forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, 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 deliberately, our policies, our programs, they have been very, very patriarchal leaning. Mm-hmm. And that's why you find very few, very few women in leadership positions. And I think that the more women we would have in um, in our governance, I strongly believe 
that would have a better governance um, um, system. Because I've seen amazing women. Um, 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 for example, Yasmin Jusoche. Yeah. So one is one of my picks. She she's an amazing woman. Um, there are number of other women who are pushing governance, mm -hmm. but they do not have the appetite right. to come. Um, into public space mm -hmm. because there there's an apparent lack of that yeah. conducive environment yeah. to thrive as a woman. Okay. Um, very, very good point. I also feel like we know the skills, like, like you said, we know the skills of women in our country, but we don't call upon them okay. as well. Okay. You want me to come to you okay. to, which maybe I should, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, Sometimes a small, we're a small country, right? We know who's done what, who's killed, right? We know. And we don't tap the right people. And that's one thing, again, I, 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 I like it, but I don't like when I do this, this comparative analysis, because it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. But one thing that I know happens in the U.S. as well is that they scout out the good people and they handpick the good people. I want you to come forward. That's yes. great. But I'm also scouting myself for good people based on what their history, what their work ethic has been, what they've produced, what they've accomplished. We don't do that. We want those people to go knock on the door. And not all of us are here for politics stuff. We're here for better Sierra Leone. And in my own little way, I can do that. Correct. Doesn't mean, but but you can call me when you do, talk about these policies you're Correct. talking about. Oh, yes. You, yes. I can contribute to your policy. Correct. I don't need to be minister of this or need to be part of the, but I can be part of policy because it's not about me. Go back to your first thing. Correct. It's about me being a human being. It's about generations to come. It's for humanity. Correct. Nothing to do with parties or minister or this stuff. I don't need all that. Correct. But you have so much wealth of like experience and knowledge in this country, Correct. but we don't tap those people in the show and says, we need you to be a patriot Correct. and come. And come do this and help us with this policy because we've looked at your background and you are the person that can help us with this. But no, we can't do that yeah. because I have to compromise something. I have to want to do this. I have to that. Not that this has happened to me. I'm just speaking. The I'm, I'm just and, and, and the excuse has been that oh, women don't come forward. Yeah. You know, last regime, current regime, they say oh, women don't come forward. Yeah. No, they don't come forward because there's no enabling environment yes. for them to come forward. Yes. There's no incentive for them to yes. come forward. Yes. There are roadblocks yes. in their path. Yes. So unless you clear those roadblocks, yes, you have few fewer women who will come that's forward. That's definitely true. Um, um, what contributions do you think that we, women, can make? Or where do you specifically see us in this good governance business to making a difference? Is it across all spheres? Or do you see a very strong part where women are needed so desperately and we don't have them there? I think I, I think across all spheres. Across I, all I don't okay. want to limit women. Okay. I think we can have an absolute all-female cabinet yes. and they can deliver. Yes. Um, you know. Uh, you know, traditionally, I mean, we we uh, I mean, we understand traditional roles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. But in modern times, women have perhaps invaded every space Definitely. on earth, Definitely. and there, there's there's no way I can limit women to any specific. Okay. We can have a whole female cabinet, yes. and they can deliver because I think um, between the male and female folks, women have more empathy. Yeah. They, they have more humanity. Yes. They connect more. They yes. understand the problems. Yeah. And they are not usually as we male folks are yeah. ego-driven. Yes, definitely. They say a man will take a job knowing he's not necessarily qualified, but a woman will say, no, no, hold on. I have to go to school first. I have to go get 15,000 degrees because I want, when you say my name, you know I'm supposed to be here. While a man will show up with his was or whatever they call it now. Was, they're with their O level and say, Well, the guy make you minister of so and so. It says, Sounds good. The woman will say, Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not necessarily, I'm more of a health person. Why are you trying to give me the ministry of minds? It's like, well, I'm not a minds person. The man will say, I'll take it. I'll no, go figure it out. I'll figure it out when I get there. So you're right. The ego part and then women, the nurturing part. It's a natural thing. This is what God has blessed us. You know, any. We all have our strengths, right? There are Correct. things that you have and there are things that I have and there's yeah. a reason for that. Okay. And those that's what makes us together, right, in good governance. It's not just the man's point of view. It's not the overwhelming number of men because the issues that women can address and fix very quickly, even we've, we've already figured it out, even in, in um, conflict, Correct. the role that women play Correct. in conflict negotiation and management is absolutely impressive, right? Mm -hmm. From the markets, you, they could, you could tell that something is happening just from going to the market because the women, that's where they are. All of a sudden, you don't, you know, there are 15 stalls. Now they're down to two stalls. What happened yeah. to the eight yeah. women, right? Yeah. They send these subliminal messages, you can call it yeah. that, yeah. because that's how much they're so involved in the community than the men are 
to a degree, okay. not diminishing one or the other, but we just naturally have different things that we bring Absolutely. to the table. And so when we limit the number of voices, right, to a certain uh, uh, sex, you call it that, we're driving our policy okay. to suit that. It's the same thing we do with urban and rural, right? When we have all these policies that are mostly urban sort of lensed, it doesn't work when you take it to my kidney. It doesn't work. And wonder like, why, why is this happening? Well, we don't have these things that you just named. We don't have that here, right? And so it goes the same way for men and women as we do urban and rural populations. Um, and, you know, other, other countries, they talk about the indigenous populations, the marginalized populations. We have to address all of these sectors, the youth, right? How we are not dealing with our youth. That's a whole other conversation. We won't talk about that today. So there's been enormous advocacy for women to have fair representation governance. Uh, by your estimation, are there any improvements regarding women's representation in Sierra Leone's governance, governance process? Are we still at a no, standstill? No, I think it's woeful. I, I think we'll, we're, we're, worse? we're going back on gains. No. Um, I'll tell you why. There's, there's currently a gender empowerment bill that uh -huh. seeks you know, to legislate the 30% 30, 30 quota. Mm -hmm. um, currently, you don't have that 30% quota in, in the current cabinet, okay. firstly. Okay. Secondly, if you look at the... Um, if you look at the um, the executive of the the um, the executives of the two leading political parties, mm -hmm. you wouldn't find thirty percent women's representation mm -hmm. in their executive. And these political parties, they form governments, mm -hmm. right? So internally, if they cannot even attain the thirty percent threshold, mm -hmm. how would they overnight give us thirty percent? Yes, yeah. Right? They say you can't give what you don't have. have yeah, if yeah. you don't have thirty percent internally, yes. how would you give the nation thirty percent? Yeah. Right? And so I think that um, there's been a lot of political lip service yes. in terms of women's representation. Okay. We know the women who are excellent. We know them yes. because we think they are not politically aligned. Yeah. They want to be professionals. Mm. They want to do their job. They don't want to compromise. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. leave them out. Yes. We're going for male folks yes. who sustain patriarchy yes. over time. Yes. And so if you would ask me about estimation, I think it's woeful. Yeah. I think we have not um, we have not improved That's an inch. That's unfortunate. Um, I don't even want to like get into that because that's very that's disturbing because I, I mean I could probably name come up with thirty percent of people right now Absolutely. you know brilliant brilliant women Absolutely. and I can assure you people it won't be I won't be any of them I won't be any of them but I'm just saying I could come up with thirty percent right now and I know I've only been here for one year and I could come up with thirty percent of people and literally this would just be off of looking at their work on social media and then following them outside of that right and. This is just small time sort of like okay. approach of scouting, right? Okay. When you're the government, you have big, you have better ways to do it than what Absolutely. I'm even doing, right? So you're able to come up with even more than 30% because the women we are producing now in Sierra Leone, if those women were around when I was a kid, I probably would have been a different different woman today Absolutely. because there's so many women lending their voices to things. There's so many women role models in society. When I was a kid, they, they didn't we have, exist. We have women in virtually every sphere yes. of life yes. now, every sphere. Yes, yeah. Aeronautics and um, yes. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's very, very interesting. But, you know, we're, we're praying that, um, you know, that we will get there. It's a slow process, but that we will get there. Um, and these conversations and many more that are happening outside of this will will, will trigger things, um, hopefully, to get us where we need to be. We have stalled in this position for a very long time because it's not just this, right? There's so many things that we've just been at a standstill Absolutely. since I was a kid. The fact when I see children, this is nothing, when I see children still fetching water, I fetched water years ago, tw 20 plus years ago. A kid should not still be fetched. We're like, what happened to that little improvement, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I mean, other than we went from me, my mom, to me with, with Kitu Lami, you know, the, the, the buckets I made. Now then gets five gallon do them. I, well, I guess we did sort of oh, improve, yeah. right? Because that bucket, <laughs> by the time I get it, I got home, I don't wash me surfboard because the, I was terrible at, oh, yeah. at it. I was terrible yeah. at it, right? But I don't wash my whole body by the time I reach home. So maybe the improvement, so maybe I just can't knock it all the way. Maybe the improvement is that we went from the the, the, the buckets to now we did do five dollar drum. Okay, I guess that's that's some sort of improvement. But should we still be fetching water? 20 plus years later, should we still be doing that? There's no improvement. And that's that's a basic, when you talk about what we hold government accountable, that's a basic, Humanity. you owe me that. You owe me yeah. that, right? Again, not getting the politics, just the basic things that we're supposed to have. Now, there's been so many issues surrounding our justice system. Um, 
and and you know some of us we like to jump on bandwagons on these hot topics, right? You see something on social media, like, oh, this doesn't happen, and we but we don't really understand, right? The justice system, the importance of the justice system in a thriving democracy. So I want you to give us like the thirty second or the thirty foot view of what is what's the importance of the justice system in a thriving democracy. But we were just to go in and comments, comments, but until we don't even understand and say, ah, I forgot all that, I forget, I forget. We have all, of, you know, we are the, like the peanut gallery, as they say in America. We just, <laughs> it's like, do you know what you're talking about? No, I don't, but it sounded, it sounded like everybody's on that, so I'm gonna jump on that. So Absolutely. enlighten us on, on, on that. What is the importance of the justice system for us to have a thriving democracy? So, so I think that, um, the, the justice system is, is the engine of mm. democracy. Okay. Um, without it, um, it will be very difficult to have um, a functional democracy. Because mm -hmm. what the uh, the judicial level of government does mm. is to ensure that the executive power, the mm. executive lever where power is concentrated, okay. um, does not abuse power. Okay. Um, the executive lever regulates its actions within the confines of the law. Okay. And also to ensure that once parliament passes a law, to implement that law and to give that law its full effect. Okay. So that's why when citizens are, are grieved, um, whether it's between themselves yes. or between them and government, they come to the justice sector yeah. for redress. Yes. Um, if, if, there is, if there is no redress mechanism, mm -hmm people would often resort to other means mm -hmm. to settle scores. Yes. Usually it's violent. Yes, definitely. So that's why when once you have Before. once you have a good democracy, yes. once in a in a very good democracy there should be a functional justice system. Because yes. once that is absent, people tend to resort to other means. Yes. And that's why it's very important that people's trust Yes. Injustice delivery yes. is untainted. Yes. Should be sustained. Definitely. Right? So it's very, very important. Yes. You know, I, I can't I can't think of any democracy without a very okay. good justice okay. system. Definitely. That's the heart of democracy. Definitely. That's the assurance that the democracy yeah. has. That whatever happens, whatever it is, when the executive, usually political power, they are drunk with power, intoxicated, mm -hmm. they wake up one morning and want to do um, a, a certain want to, you know, um, embark on a certain course, they get called out by the judiciary. Yes. They, they get called out by the justice system to say, no, you cannot do this yes. because this will be overstepping Very your limits. That happened, for example, in Brexit in the UK, yeah. when Boris Johnson thought, oh, we're going yeah. down this route. Yes. You know, they, they get called out by the Supreme Court mm -hmm. um, 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 in England. You know, so it's very important in any functional democracy mm. that we have a thriving and a very dependable and um, efficient justice yes, sector. Definitely. Um, good thing about conflict, and we won't talk about that, how those grievances lead to conflict. It is a primer for conflict within a nation. People that are unhappy, and they could be unhappy. I'm, I'm joking here about water, but that the fact that I don't have my basic rights, that grievance that I have can lead me to be open up to you come and offer me whatever it is you want to offer me, and all of a sudden I pick up arms, right? And so it's very important that we understand that good governance and the justice system does have a significant role to play into security and stability within a nation. Um, what do you think are the challenges faced by the justice system in our country? I want you to give us three challenges that need prompt attention like, uh, like this second. We walk out of here, if we don't address those three things right now, we have a problem that our justice system faces as a country? You know, I, I think, um, I mean, personally, if you if you ask some of the people who tell you about, oh, logistics, infrastructure, resources, mm. et cetera, et cetera. But I think for me, the basic would be mentality. Okay. We, we have to be more humane. There should be a more humane approach to, to justice. I think the, the, the problem is that we... I mean, we have not constructed a justice uh, mm. system in such a manner mm. that it's it's it, it's more humane yeah. to to servicing the needs yeah. of litigants, for example. Okay. Um, I, you know, not to minimize the problems there in terms of making sure that you have resources, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But even if you were to introduce all or to settle all logistical problems, mm. unless you have the 
mindset mm-hmm. will be difficult to deliver justice. Yes. Because justice, as a matter of fact, stems from the mind. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day, you're not dealing with machines that you just input your disputes into machines yeah. and then you click a button mm-hmm. and then there's an outcome. No. Yeah. You litigate before human beings mm-hmm. who are often influenced by a number of social factors in society Mm. and unless you have a mindset that is clean usually they would say that the judge's mind should be like a clean slate receptive to the argument listen only to the argument and be uninfluenced by other um, um, social factors there so unless you have that mindset that is poised only towards humanity and human dignity, it will be very, very difficult mm. to overcome the problems. Yeah. You know, I can list a number of problems about delaying justice, yeah. assignments, etc. Yeah. But those are all yeah. can be taken care yes, of man. if you have a the mindset. mindset uh, yes. So I think that we have to go back. You mm. spoke about um, um, colonialism. Yes. So what in 1961, what we got was political independence. Yes. We did not get mental independence. Definitely. Sadly, unless we get back to a point yes. where we mentally extricate ourselves yes. from colonialism yes. and then also all the vestiges of colonialism there. Yes. We have a number of laws that are still steep in uh, yes. English law, common law, etc. Yes, et yes. Unless we have a more humane approach to justice system, yes. would always be, be um, um, affected by one sort of problems or another yeah. we, because we, we don't have that mindset. We have to have a part two because I have so much I want to say <laughs> and my wife is dying. So I, I, I really, this is very, very, very in, important parts that you're talking about. And I want us at some point to come back and talk about the legal system itself so people like us understand what's step one, what's step two, what's expected, what should, because we want our listeners to understand what you're supposed to be getting, number one. When you go in, into the court system, what's supposed to happen so that you're aware Maybe your lawyer is part of the system, right? You can say, no, 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 this is what's supposed to happen right now. Why in the, why tonight sit on this, this bench? Why is this happening? What are you doing, right? So for us to hold you guys accountable. So I definitely want us to, to come back and talk about that. I want to talk about the, the, the drug abuse misuse, but I think we're not going to be able to get through it um, in time. So I'm going to instead skip that. We're going to talk. We're going to... We're going to bring you back, God willing. It took us a while to kind of get here, but <laughs> God willing, we're going to bring you back. Uh, even if I have to go knock on your door and give you a ride and bring you here, we'll, we'll bring you back. Um, as we wrap up, what do you expect citizens to do in supporting and promoting good governance, the rule of law, and human rights in Sierra Leone? When you look in the camera and tell the people watching on Facebook and those listening on the radio what you expect from us so that we can support promoting good governance, rule of law, and human rights in Sierra Leone. I think, um, I mean, what I expect from citizens really. Um, and you then, know, then, then they go to a legal problem like you. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in citizens' action, mm-hmm. um, citizenry, yeah. um, and, and that we should, as citizens, be alert, mm-hmm. um, make sure that we're involved in um, um, political processes. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be a politician to be involving political processes. For mm-hmm. example, um, I had an issue with, um, you know, the neighborhood where I live and I had to call up the council one very early, you know, early morning. Your council is responsive? Yes. Oh, picked wow. up the phone to say, oh, I, Mr. I Maya, waiting at the issue, I said, XX, you know, yes. there are certain things that are building up. If yes. you don't nip them in the bud, they would escalate. Yes. You know, he came back to me to say, oh, I really, really, you know, sort, sorted it out. Yeah. But I really, really like the fact that you called me. Yes. Because this is what I expect from citizens. Yes. So we should be very alert. Very we good. should be very responsive. Yes. And we should ensure that we, when there's, when there's um, an opportunity to elect leaders, we elect the best. Yes. Because only the best that would give us the best. Definitely. Knowing what you have, that counselor thing, yes. we ran into that in my neighborhood. And and I, I tell you, people don't know that. People live in communities where the communities are just being Good. ran down. Tra- everything is happening. You have a responsibility as well. But Good. there's a guy that, Good. a guy, girl, mine is a guy. Yes. That's his responsibility, yes. right? But we don't even call, we Correct. don't even use him. Yes. So he is getting yes. paid yes. every day yeah. for a yes. month or a month at a time. He's not even coming to the community. I've never seen the one guy. Yes. I've never seen him before. Yeah. I say, this is your community. I've never seen you before. You don't knock on anybody's door. You don't hold us accountable to anything mm-hmm. on this street. You should be doing that. And so some of us don't even know that. So good on you to, to demonstrate that. So 
My dear listeners and viewers, our guest has spoken, and his words carry a lot of weight in raising awareness and calling us to action. We have a number of areas, sectors, issues in our country that we absolutely need to change the narratives from acceptable to unacceptable. We as citizens have a role to play in that. We must stop participating in and contributing to the problem and use the same line. Now, so we did Salono. That is us accepting the unacceptable. You see a problem in your neighborhood like he did, you call the counselor. That's his job to do it, right? It's not accepting that, oh, that's, that's what we did. No, no, no. That's accepting the unacceptable. Our mindset has to change, and we must be the change we want to see. You have to be, if you say an activist, you stand up for what you believe in. And, now, and we, we're going to bring him back on the show to talk about also the consequences of that standing up, right? You can't complain about the problems while you're contributing to the problems one way or another. And sometimes contribution doesn't mean that you're physically, the fact that you turn a blind eye to a problem is you contributing to the problem, right? You're not raising awareness, is you contributing to the problem? It's easier said than done, but all it takes for us to unite and demonstrate the same patriotism I was very impressed with the patriotism over the Afghan thing. That same patriotism that we have towards Afghan in solidarity for a better Sierra Leone, if we did that in every single sphere in this country, we would be a little better. Now, not necessarily, we're not talking about the government. We're talking about just the people, our actions, what we have to do as well. And your perfect example of what you did in your neighborhood, in your community, it starts in your home, right? How you're raising your children, and it starts in your community, the neighbors, and all of that. And then it builds up to nation, right? And so our unity, our patriotism has to be demonstrated, starting with ourselves first, our commitment to a better Sierra Leone, and we will then be able to stand against, you know, things that are, are not, not done correctly for us. So Mr. Augustine Sengbe Marath, extraordinaire, thank you. Uh, no, no, I'll say full name because you want all Mr. Augustine Suris Sengbe Marath, extraordinaire, right? Thank you for joining us today on the Sabbath to Masquerade journey, and I look forward to future discussions with you. Um, I definitely look forward to having you back on the show. I'm putting you on the spot on social media so they know. I've asked them to come back because we have a lot more to talk about, and you have to say yes right now or you can't leave this room. This is not Doc Rumo. <laughs> I'll try, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try, try to, to be back. You'll yes. try to be back. Yes. I have a lot to learn, oh, and I, I've learned so much in this you. short time. Thank so thank you so much. For, for my podcast listeners, if you have enjoyed the show, please leave me a rating and a review, and I look forward to hearing from you. Please be sure to hit subscribe so you do not miss out on any of our weekly shows. For my dear friends and followers watching live on Facebook, feel free to keep the conversation going on the Saibatsu Mansare Journey page. I'm your host, Saibatsu Mansare, and I'm signing out. Be bold, be brave, be you. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in to the show. If you want to learn more about what we talked about today, you can visit our website, sabatomansaray.com. If you like the show, please make sure to like and subscribe so you can get new episodes directly onto your phone. But let's keep the conversation going between episodes on Facebook at the Sabatsu Mansory Journey and the same on Twitter and Instagram. You can always find us there talking faith, resilience, empowerment, and our beloved Mother Africa. Thank you again for your support. See you back here next week. <laughs>